0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. What is up my friends? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Today we're diving into Genesis chapter 13. It's technically episode 67. And uh, I hope you're having a fantastic Friday if you're listening to this the day it came out. So as always, if we're in Genesis 13, it's important to remember what happened the previous chapter. Uh, Genesis 12 is a groundbreaking chapter where God revealed himself to the pagan named Abram, who lived in a far-off country, uh, was worshiping multiple lowercase g gods, uh, was probably involved in many fertility cults with you know, sexual behavior that does not line up with God's design. And it's in the midst of this is that this is where God invites him to come and follow Yahweh. It's an incredible gift. So if you recall in Genesis 12, God pulls Abram aside and gives him this massive promise. God essentially says God's going to do a number of things. He just asks Abraham to be faithful. Abram still at this point, sorry. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I'll curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God's heart and desire is to give Abram the land of Canaan, this land in the Middle East. However, when famine hits the land, Abram moves on to Egypt. Now, let's give him some grace. In our humanity I could see where this would make logical sense. The problem though is God called him to Canaan not Egypt. And once Abram gets to Egypt, he lies about his wife. Like, think about how awkward that is. But it's there when he leaves. He leaves probably with a great amount of wealth. And also he's picked up a young woman, they think, named Hagar here. That's going to become a important character later on in God's story. What's interesting though, so Abram was called to be obedient to God. God made him this great blessing in Genesis 12. Abram was disobedient, went to Egypt, got dysfunction in his marriage, has accumulated a ton of wealth, and is probably at odds with Sarai now. After what he did, he lied. She was his sister. You jump into Genesis 13, and you see God had originally met Abram at Bethel. Abram had left God's plan, went to Egypt, and now he's returning to Bethel. What's interesting about Abram's decision to go back to Bethel where he met God is that we're all going to make mistakes. You make mistakes. I make mistakes. We're going to make many mistakes today. Oftentimes it's sinful. But what the Bible teaches and what God reveals about himself is when we acknowledge that we're sinners and we need help and we repent, God is a God who longs to forgive. And God's a God who longs to bless. Like Think about the blessing he just gave Abram here. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I want to bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth are going to be blessed through you. So when Abram misses and repents and comes back to God, what's God going to do? He wants to bless. The same is true for you and me today. I love Matthew 3 verse 8. When John the Baptist is preaching, he's letting the Pharisees and the other religious leaders uh, have it because they're caught up in the law and all the rule following And what John the Baptist says is he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And Abram models that for us right here. Going, hey, I missed it, God. I shouldn't have gone to Egypt. I'm coming back to Bethel where I met you. What an incredible gift that is. So now when we jump back into Genesis 13, let's look at verse 7. Now he's got a problem on his hands because Abram's men... And Lots, his nephew, his men, are fighting about all the stuff they've just accumulated from Egypt, all the animals, the land, and the materials. And so if you read verse 7, it says a quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So what's happening here is Abram's men and Lot's men are fighting over wealth. They're fighting over stuff. And what Abram does here is really godly and really wise. You go to verse 8, it says, So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herders or mine, for we're close relatives. Is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Essentially, Abram is saying, I value relationships over stuff. I value you lot more than this land. I value a respect and a mutuality and a connection, a relationship with you and your people over the cattle, the herds, and the shepherds. He said, we're not going to fight about this. That's wisdom, choosing relationships over stuff. It actually reminds me, if you would jump ahead to 1 Corinthians 6, the church in Corinth was having a similar issue where they were fighting over things, material needs, status, and position. And what Paul says to them is really bold. He says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 6 and 7, because they're suing each other, they're fighting each other in court, all kinds of sad stuff. But instead, one brother takes another brother to court, and this is in front of all the unbelievers. Paul is saying this is a bad, bad witness. You go to verse 7, he says, the very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you have been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, etc. Essentially, what Paul is telling them, what Abram's modeling for us here is, who cares about the stuff? If someone wrongs you, it's better to keep the relationship intact than to fight over the stuff and end up in court, lawsuits, harbor bitterness and anger, etc., etc. Now, it doesn't mean that we're wallflowers and we get walked over like a rug. We can still have godly, polite, and kind conversation. But Abram walked right up to Lot and said, let's talk about this. Let's handle it. Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 6, remember the ultimate goal here is for people to be formed into the image of God. Don't start fighting about land or property or cars or money or whatever kind of possession it is. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So Abram and Lot part ways. If you jump down to verse 13, it says, Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning against the Lord. And now Sodom is right by where Lot is at. And then what happens is in the preceding chapters, the following chapters, is Lot ends up getting captured. Abram has to come and save him. But you're going to read about that later, okay? You're going to read about that later. What happens in the rest of this passage is Lot leaves with half of Abram's stuff. Okay? So if you put yourself in Abram's shoes, like, way to go, pal. You honored God. You focused on the relationship over the material needs. That's godly. That's really good. But in Abram's humanity, there still had to be, while maybe some sense of relief, some sense of, ah, oh, deep down in his gut, I like could literally just split the inheritance so the, the the income in half and gave it gave it away. And there had to be some frustration with Lot's shepherds and how the situation was handled on their end because Abram went above and beyond. He raised the bar. He was kind. He was godly. He was generous. But it's after Lot leaves, and I'm sure Abram's sitting there, you know, satisfied because he made his decision, but there still had to be some point of frustration. It's it's then that God then comes again to Abram. Because when you read verse 14, it says, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are. Abram, look to the north and to the south, to the east and the west. All of the land that you see, I'll give it to you. And if anyone could count the dust, oh, I'm sorry, I'll give it to you and to your offspring forever. He said, I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. He says, go and walk the length and the breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. So probably while Abram's, humanity might be frustrated. He just lost half his possessions. It's in that moment God enters in and basically says, my presence and my promises are here for you, Abram. I get you just lost a bunch of stuff, but don't you forget about the promise I gave you in Genesis 12. The whole world is going to be blessed through you, Abram. I'm going to bless them through you and from your line is going to come, eventually, Jesus Christ. And so that's what I'm really... Focusing on today, you know, one, focusing on relationships over stuff. And if I have an opportunity to use my stuff to bless and encourage other people, even when I'm wronged, might try to talk about it, make sure we're on the same page, but we're going to relinquish that. We're not going to white knuckle and try to control all of our stuff. At the end of the day, that's where God enters in. And when Abram loses his stuff, God reminds him, I am here with you. And here's my promise to you. I promise to bless you. So I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I'm not sure if you can relate to Abram at all or any kind of familial situation or situation with a close friend, maybe disagreeing over something, some stuff, someone. But at the end of the day here, it's when we, we try to honor God and bless other people, God enters in and his promise and his presence come forth. And I'm guessing Abram was really, really encouraged after that conversation with God. Because from here is when Abram then goes and saves Lot's rear when he gets caught and in trouble, and God's about to give Abram a huge gift, the gift of circumcision, the gift of a covenant that's going to forever set God's people apart from the rest of the world. So dive into Genesis 13. I'm hoping that as we dialogue and talk through some of this, it makes a little more sense because, again, some of the stuff in the Old Testament can be hard to get our minds and hearts around, but it's good. And at the end of the day, All of the Bible, all of the Old Testament, all of Genesis points to Jesus Christ. So God bless you. Have a fantastic weekend. We hope to see you on Sunday. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give Him His peace. Have a great day.